It is blue. Let's not do that. Boy, those eyes are popping today, Mike. Every you, once in a while. It's your weird. eyes are almost... I mean, I don't want to go this far. Like, put Do it. In say it, Gabe. Mine. Say it. But you have, you actually have some fairly pretty eyes, I guess. Aww. And I would know I have the prettiest eyes. <laughs> That's typically the compliment I get, mm-hmm. to be honest, while we're on the subject. It does draw attention away from the gigantic bald spot on the top of his head. Oh, that was so unnecessary. Good, good one, though. (laughs) Got to give him that. (laughs) And guys, the show is all yours. Are you ready to go? I guess so. I'm like mid-laugh now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Glass Half Sports. I am one half of your hosting duties, Nick Huffman, back from a much-needed vacation from this Yahoo over here. Um, Had a good trip. Mike, how has playoffs been? Uh, good. Yeah? You guys still in it? Yes, we are. Who do you play this week? Uh, Elk River tomorrow night. Mm, had some issues with Elk River earlier this season, from what I remember. Yeah. Just one word answers. What are you, Bill Belichick at the podium? Uh, no. We're going to run the football. We're going to run it a few times, yeah. Okay. You going to throw it? Probably a couple. Okay. You're going to be able to stop that tricky offense? Going to try. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Obviously, they're going to come in prepared, and they're going to come in. We're gonna... Yeah, that's fine. There's going to be a game. There's going to be a game. Where is it being played? In Elk River? Uh, in Elk River. What day is this? Friday night. When can they? Where? When and where can we get tickets? Um, I don't know if you can do like pre-order tickets, but hmm. I'm sure you can show up at the gate. Oh, okay. Purchase them there. Also, if you can't make it to the game, you can catch it on QCTV. Oh, very nice. So you, look, you're going to get a little bit of shine on television, huh? Yep. Very nice. They're going to put you in the makeup chair beforehand or no? Probably not. Okay. Fair enough. High school sports not quite there yet. I I haven't seen that yet. No. <laughs> All right, fair enough. A uh, big show for everybody today, Mike. But before we tell them what we got for them, why don't you tell them where they can find us? Yeah, as always, guys, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, and Patreon. Um, we do have a Twitch. We do. Should maybe look into. We uh, for six months. We do have a Twitch. We'll get on it eventually. I don't Nothing think up one there. comment has come in and said, "Hey, I would actually enjoy watching your Twitch." If that happens, we'll do it. One comment. One comment. One what, singular one comment. comment, and I will get Mike to play his franchise mode on Twitch. Hey, bro. Yeah. Like, I would like to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lonely person. Yeah. Yeah. Have at it. Have at it. We'll, we'll set it up for Gabe. Gabe can play, like, the Atari or something. Yeah. And then post-show, so uh, you, can, you can find us on MCN6 uh, in the Twin Cities area. If you're not in the Twin Cities area, you can access MCN through your Roku remote. That's right. And uh, what do we got for the folks today, Mikey? Yeah, we do have a pretty big show. Pretty big show. Uh, we're going to do our Minnesota sports roundup, check in on the Vikings. Red hot Minnesota Vikings, get it right. Timberwolves. No, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> and wild. Yep. Uh, the NFL trade deadline was this past week, so we're going to talk about a few big moves. Yep. Uh, one of the most active NFL trade deadlines in a while. NFL history, I yeah. believe. Uh, we have a segment that we're going to call NFL Urgent Care. Yeah, there's some teams that need some help. We're going to diagnose them today. All right. Uh, and then we're going to do our NFL key game preview for this week. We have a segment called Mega Fight. That's right. And Big news in the boxing world. And then we're going to talk about the World Series. Yeah. Which is tied right now. So that'll be a- Yeah, after the second ever no-no in World Series history last night. That's what it took for the Astros to keep the Phillies from beating them to a pulp in the batter's box. It was a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No hits. There you go. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's go Vikings review of the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, obviously, I got to watch this game in probably the most ruckus atmosphere that I've ever watched a Vikings game in. Um, big shout out to this place called Ferg's down in St. Petersburg, uh, Florida, which is literally just like an outdoor beach bar for every fan base you can find. I saw Giants fans, Eagles fans, Steelers fans. I saw, uh, unfortunately, a couple of Jets fans. Like there was a game for- up against Jets fans. They're the Jets. Well, the Jets suck, dude. What do you? Yeah. How do you not have something against them? Um, but yeah, so four of them in the entire world got to watch the game. Was was impressed, right? It's it would be one thing if this game was this close and Arizona also didn't kind of have their own miniature bye, but they had the extra couple of days the week previous to prepare for Minnesota because they played on Thursday. Because they had played on Thursday, um, and us coming out of a bye 
just they continue to check things off the list, in my opinion. Like you said earlier, when are we going to crack 30 points? Well, there you go. We cracked 30 points. Um, when is it? When is our past our pass rush going to show up? All right, well, Zadarius Smith now is tied for the league lead in sacks. When is Dalvin Cook going to go over 100 yards rushing? Well, he's done that now. Um, and just like another proof of this team being gritty in big moments that there was plenty of opportunities for that game to slip away from them. And once again, me and Gabe have talked about it uh, on the week that you missed. There's just no panic. It's a hundred percent. We're here till the very end and it's going to go our way and we're going to make it happen. And it's just another drop in the bucket for the Minnesota Vikings. I think I agree with you most of the way through on my checklist. They did check a lot of boxes. The box that they still have yet to check is put a team away. True. Because were there opportunities for them to let that game slip away? Yes, there were. They were they were down 17 to 14 yes. at one point in mm-hmm. time. Were there opportunities for them to put that game away as yes. well? Yes. And that's what I think I need to see from a team that's sitting at six and one that I truly believe is going to be seven and one. Yep. Uh going up against one of the tougher teams in the NFL. So yes. that, that game is going to be a test. Let's not look past the commanders who we actually have up next. Yeah. Kirk Cousins returning back to Washington. What do you expect to see as a main storyline in this game? I've got this sinking feeling in my gut, and I hate to say this to all Minnesota fans. Like everybody else has their like revenge games. Like Pat P had his against the Cardinals. It was very evident. Jordan Hicks had his, and we've seen other players kind of go off and like have their revenge game. And then Kirk's going to have the most unrevengeful game in sports history. I kind of feel like, or at least the opportunity is there where the, the moment might get too big for his mentality, not too big for him, right. Where he could get swept up in it and force a ball late, trying to like put a stamp on a game. And it cost us like, he already isn't off to a very good start for him, his, for just himself historically, has been a little bit of a slower start for him this year. Um, he's talked about how he's become more confident in the offense, more, has a little bit better understanding uh, of it recently, but that is my worry. However, um, this is a game you should win. This is the this is the one where we should go out and we should see exactly the box get checked that Mike has not seen us check all year, which is, can we go out? hang 25 plus on a team and hold them to under 14, you know, 17 points on the road. Make it um, a two score. game, Exactly. And just watch, melt the clock away, get some other guy, you know, get some of your youth, some reps, you know, just different things like that. So I do think the Vikings will walk out of this game with a win. Kirk cousins does worry me just a smidgen, just a smidgen. So I am actually going to disagree with you about Kirk Cousins. Oh, what else in is specific, uh, Specifically. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins is historically very, very good in the month of November. In 27 I thought games, it was Kirktober. It's Kirkvember. Oh. In 27 games in the month of November in his career, Kirk Cousins has a passer rating of 109.8. Okay. 7,500 yards, 58 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. We like that. So averaging almost three touchdowns a game, less than a half a pick. Um, Not bad. Going back to Washington, he's familiar with that stadium. He's familiar with the surface. He's familiar with some remnants of the team. Yes. I think we see a 31-10 Vikings victory. Kirk Cousins has 350-3. Yeah, I think the the where we disagree is on strategy, right? Because as good as the Vikings have been, and we have the currently the highest graded tackle pass blocking tackle tandem in the NFL mm-hmm. by PFF. Uh, so Brian O'Neill and Christian Derensaw have been immaculate, Bookends. Bookends. immaculate this season. Um, but every, you'll look up and you'll go, well, Kirk does still get sacked two times a game. And all of that pressure is coming from where right over the hole, the gap between Garrett Bradbury and the rookie at right guard. And with the Washington commanders, um, having the most pressures and hits on quarterback throughout the NFL season so far this year, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy day. Deron Payne is going to cause problems. But the one thing Kirk has severely improved upon since KOC is mobility is mobility in the pocket. Yes. The ability to throw and get hit. Yes. Afterwards. Yes. Um, so I'll give him some credit there. Um, that pass rush, however, leads me to, to believe that it's going to be up to our pass rush to match pace. Um, I think you're going to see a big day from Daniil Hunter because I think with Zadarius Smith leading the league uh, in sacks or tied for the league lead in sacks right now, 
he's going to start to see people scheme to him just out of necessity. And now you're going to see Daniil Hunter come on. Like, so it's going to be up to our pass rush to match that pace and whoever wins that battle, I believe, um, with two fairly similar quarterbacks from not a play style, but any, a, an executional standpoint, that's who's going to win the game. We severely disagree on the level of play at the quarterback position. And I was actually going to go as far as to say if Kirk continues to have a good stretch in the month of November, let's say he wins three of our four games in the month of November, then we're sitting at, what, nine and two? Yep. And Kirk Cousins is an MVP candidate. Let's go. I love the timing, Gabe. That was perfect. <laughs> um, I would, I mean, I would agree with you. The opportunity is there, right? And they're only getting better. When have we seen Kirk Cousins play at his best as well? Because I don't want to brush over this because this is a name that we not, we're not going to get to in the trade deadline segment. The Vikings went out and got TJ Hawkinson. The best versions of Kirk that we've seen were with Kyle Rudolph. I would I think the best safely. versions of Kirk Cousins you've really ever seen were back in Washington with those tight ends. Jordan Reed yeah. and... And so to go get that guy for this offense, I'm I'm this puts them as a top three team in the NFC, flat out, w- without a doubt. 100%. It should be it should be the Eagles, the Niners, and the Vikings, and that is it in the NFC. Um, T.J. Hawkinson is a massive upgrade from a uh, a run blocking standpoint. He is a massive upgrade from being able to catch. Uh, or contested balls over the middle of the field and probably open some things up for Justin Jefferson uh, and Adam Thielen. Um, for those of you who haven't seen him play, I would compare him to almost a George Kittle Jr. Yeah. He's got great run-after-catch ability. Not as good, but Can you that... say someone older? <laughs> um, um, Antonio Gates-esque? Okay. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Um, and and I, Block? I, yes. Yes. Okay, I would also totally say like TJ. Yeah, I would say TJ Hawkinson is an improvement, even if Irv Smith is healthy. Yeah, and the fact that Irv Smith isn't healthy and won't be healthy for the next six weeks or so, oh, the rest of his weeks, career potentially. The man's never been healthy. This is a a great move by Quasi, uh, an A plus trade in my opinion. A plus 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 yeah. plus plus. Really plus. looking forward oh, really? to seeing. Yes, TJ this Hawkinson is a this is a gold. this yeah. is a game changer. This is the Vikings finally. This Gabe. is the move that like all Minnesota fans are like. Why don't they ever do anything at the deadline? Yeah. This is the one that all of Minnesota has waited for. Gabe, he was selected sixth overall in the draft as a rookie, as a so tight end, as a tight oh, end. Wow. Okay. I I actually I read it briefly and then yeah. I just didn't really get analysis. Really freaking a, good. Now, okay. And here's what I will say. I got two more things on the Hawkinson trade as a whole. I'm going to give Quasey his credit here because I believe that this trade only happens because he gifted them a weapon in the draft months ago. (laughs) So he has good standing with that front office to be able to go in, get a Pro Bowl caliber tight end, and really only move down one round in the next two drafts. So we didn't lose any draft capital. We just slid it backwards. Like, I think that good grace that he earned in allowing them to get the weapon that they wanted allowed us to get the weapon that we wanted at a much much cheaper cost. And now the Minnesota Vikings to me look no different than the San Francisco 49ers looked when Jimmy G took them to the Super Bowl when Debo was young, Ayuk was a rookie, Kittle was young, that offensive line was young and healthy. They had a decent running back in a game manager quarterback over the top of a pretty decent defense. Quasi has built it out the same way that he saw it in San Francisco. So uh, by um the goodwill thing, what you mean is you mean when he got fleeced by him in the earlier in the year? So like he called Oh, can you call it a fleece now though? If you lump these two trades together, who won? Hey, remember when you fleeced me earlier in the year? Yeah. I have a good one now. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard for me. Uh Bradley Gale yeah. says if Cousins doesn't get sacked as often, he will sling that rock. No doubt. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with you a hundred percent. Good comment. I my think man. he's four games away from being an MVP candidate in the NFL. I really <sighs> do. Yes. Absolutely. Get that man a chain. I just want to shout out to any listeners out there who still hate Kirk Cousins. I want you to know that I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still in the same position I was a while ago. Not on board. I was going to say the Kirk hate fan club room has to be incredibly empty right now. It's, it's Me and it's, you have uh, changed stances. I still don't think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Me either. But with the weapons around him, 
And in this system, yeah, he should be pretty good. Do you think he is in the top 10 all time as far as like Vikings quarterback love? Uh, You know, uh, like, I mean, by the fans. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. What? Top five? Uh, yeah. Pretty close. I mean, statistically, oh, statistically, now. I think he's second in most categories. Gabe, name so five fair. successful Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks. Easy. Jeff George, Jeff George, Jeff George, uh, Jeff yeah, George. See, that's, this is no, Gabe, uh, Culpepper. Gabe is skewed because of the arm power of Jeff, Jeff George. <laughs> he for, exactly he right. forgets the 6-10 and 10 record. Yeah. And he was just an asshole. Like, yeah, it was just was amazing a what prick. a prick he was. Yeah, I just I marveled <laughs> at him. And he, he couldn't was. move. Fold up like a lawn chair. I mean, I'll take Fran, Dante, Favre. Favre. Culpepper? Dante was two. Dante was two. Oh, Um, oh, you said Dante. Okay. Um, Randall Cunningham? Yep. How about... um, Kirk. Kramer? Uh, I would take Kirk over Tommy. I would take him like now, but I'm saying in the fans. Joe Cap was pretty dang good. Kramer's. You're taking Kirk over Joe Cap. For popularity level, though. Yeah. Let's, I mean, listen, Kirk's the most popular man in Minnesota anytime he doesn't choke a game away. Like, yeah. And honestly, like he's been coming out of his shell wearing chains and stuff. Which I'm hoping that he pulls he, like the Ryan like Fitzpatrick. Nick is trying to pull off his best Kirk Cousins with the chains and stuff today. So I'm in my I'm in my I'm in my Kirk zone. Uh, today. Let us know what you guys think about the current status of the Minnesota Vikings uh, commanders this Sunday. Hopefully we get a win and go into Buffalo. That would be a great game between two one loss teams. Hey, Philly. We're coming. We're coming. Okay. Maybe we're not ready for that. Yeah, let's let's just ease it up a little bit. Uh, so let's talk <laughs> about the uh, Minnesota Wild. Since the last time we saw you guys, uh, they have won three games and only lost one. Yes. Starting to turn it around a little bit. What do you think is the reason for the turnaround? You, we said it in the offseason, right? A lot of youth. You're going to have to find who they play best with. And you never know that until you get into a legitimate NHL schedule. Sure. And so I think that what the wild are experiencing right now is exactly that. Like, okay, well, we've got a lot of really, really solid pieces. How do we use them to the best of our ability? And I, I trust in our coach to find that out long-term. And if it cost us a couple of games, you know, early in the season of an 82 game season, I'm okay with that. But you've seen with Boldy making moves, uh, Joe's playing on a different line. Like some of the different pairings that we've gotten, the wild are harder to defend. Um, and I think that's been a big part of it. You? I definitely think that the shakeup was warranted. Yes. Um, it's encouraging to see them take three of four. Yeah. I think the youth still has a large gap to make up if oh, we're yeah. going to be truly competitive down the stretch. Absolutely. And I'm still <laughs> nervous for what it looks like. Uh, thankfully, our next few games, in my opinion, are not super difficult yeah uh, i mean the kraken yep expansion team last year shouldn't be that much of a test nope should get that one yep kings scare me a little bit but i don't know thoughts on that one yeah uh, we it should be close but it should be a win yeah they're sitting they have i mean they have one more point than us they're yeah six and six yep. so I don't know. That's a game that like our youth, I think, could show. Yeah, in my opinion. And then the Ducks. That's that's going to be a tougher one as well. Win two, take you know, win two, lose one. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ducks one is the one that we do pull out. But we talked. I see the Wild this year very much how we talked about the Minnesota Twins early. In the, you just got to win the week. Just win the week. Right. Make and sure I mean, that it went thurs, Thursday to teams. Thursday for us. If you've got four games, win three of them. If you've got three games, win two of them, like win the week. Don't be a team that, you know, you look back on the week that you just had, you get to Sunday and you're like, oh, we lost, you know, two out of three games and now we're fighting an uphill battle. Any type of positive or any type of momentum is positive momentum. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you're really just trying to keep pace in in your division, right? So Blackhawks are on our heels. Oh, no. Jets and Stars are right above us. So it's just, <laughs> I mean, I know it's early, but here's the thing. You can't win the championship this early, but you can lose it. Absolutely. So Ask just, the, Tampa, just, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers or just whatever. Stay the course, I hey, guess. Hey, I don't know if you guys noticed. Yeah. And it, I didn't hear Mike say anything about it, but Mark andre Fleury is uh, 5-0-1 or on a 5-0-1 run. Huh. Hmm. And then uh, are we also going to shed a little light on uh, Kirill Rising? 
Oh, Kirill's always rising. But I mean, it like what was it? Oh yeah, it was two goals last night, right? I mean, he's. I mean, he's at eight already for the year, and I'm just saying it's. It feels like he's gonna. Here's what pick I'll up say: momentum and take off. Championships follow stars. Do not be surprised if at the trade deadline the Wild go to make the move this year. I would not be surprised, and I'm not talking about a goalie. They made it last year, I'm talking about a line mate. Like I'm talking about a guy that is going to provide. If not equal to, they, you will find a guy that will for many years probably be the bat, the Robin to Kirill's bat. Yeah, hopefully our young players play well, so we yes. can trade them away. And no, Mike, how against this are you? <laughs> like I just said, hopefully our young players play well, so we can trade them away. Championships follow stars, man. That's all I'm saying. That's fine. Um, so and I, like I said, I was right on Mark Andre Fleury. I've been right on Mark Andre Fleury. Mike can suck a big fat one. On that take, so we'll see. <laughs> you can suck Mark Andre Fleury's. Face. Yeah. yeah, all right. You go lay in a bed of roses, Michael. And uh, with that, let's uh, <laughs> switch to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are the epitome of inconsistency right now. Are you, I mean, are we really gonna? Are we? Is there legitimate concern right now? In the short term, yes. In the long term, no. Yeah, no, I'm not worried. Really? This is this is. A, Here's how the Wolves are built. I'm kind of coming to grips with this the more and more. Have you watched any of the games? Yeah, I watched okay. us come back with the second team in, and then we put Gobert and Townsend at the same time down, what, four or six, and then the game was over because they couldn't – it was like somebody threw the break on Yeah. Cat still lost in the offense. Would you agree with that? Yep. Cat still lost in the offense. That will get figured out, I believe, at some point. Yeah, that's why I said in the short term I'm worried. <laughs> What the what the the Vikings? What the Timberwolves are built to be this year? Even if they're not the one, the two, or the three seed, right? They are built to be a matchup nightmare over the course of a series. Yes. So, as bad as the regular season may get, and you just alluded to it with the Wild, you can't win a championship right now, but you can lose it. So let's keep the boat afloat, so to speak, and keep everybody healthy. Then once we get into the playoffs or get close to the regular season or there are marquee even matchups on your calendar, perfect example is them squaring off against the Bucs. I believe that's tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. 9 p.m. Yeah, it's going to be a late start. Michael will be in bed. I will be watching the game. Oh, I'll be asleep. I yeah. won't be in bed. I'll be, dude. I'll be. I'll, it's, I'll be. It's Friday night. <laughs> be, I'll be up on, honestly, tip off. I'll be up in the press box. There you go. River. There you go. Good luck. Um, but like take those games and those are the games that you focus on. Everything else can be a work in progress. So I'm not too concerned uh, about the Timberwolves right now. They'll figure it out. I mean, as, as, okay. So Gabe Nicholas, I don't like winning. So here's another one of my little quotes that you can use against me in the future. Okay. It's not necessarily about the result right now. It's about the process. The process itself is going to get you a playoff berth. And like Nick said, we're going to be a headache over a series. Yeah. I don't care if we lose to the Bucks by five. Figure something out. Move from it. Learn from it. So when we face like the Rockets and Knicks, we can steal those wins against bad teams. Yes. Play the Suns. Learn something from it. Game doesn't really matter yet. We're in November. Right? We're yeah. in November. Figure it out. Make sure that you're taking something from each game. Yes. The result itself doesn't matter, right? No, now. it absolutely does not. Um, Shocking. So, you guys actually agree with me on that? Yeah, a little bit. I just all I heard is that it. Um, you don't want to win. All right. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought. Uh, that now now we're back to the status quo. Let I, me I ask feel you. a lot more comfortable with where we're at now. Okay, <laughs> and I can actually progress with the show. Do you have a question? Will the Will the Wolves win sixty games this year? No. No. Will okay. they win fifty we, games? Yes. Yeah. Will they over average fifty four? Will they average 120 points per game? No. no. 115. No. 110. 115 is NBA average. Yeah. No. Okay. Will they make the Western Conference Finals? Yes. yes. Really? But will they also average some of the lowest points against? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, take we'll, the we'll higher like, low. We'll, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, higher low, three, three players in the All-Star game. I think three is the nose. Like, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I'm going to okay. say lower. I'm going to go Ant. Or I should say two. Does Ant have an all-star appearance yet? Nope. No. Nope. So, Ant, Cat. I'm going to go McDaniels. Ah! So, then, is this the year that Ant goes? So, year three, uh, recently, Luka Don, uh, Doncic. Doncic. I can't say his fucking last name ever. There you go. Um, John Morant. That's uh -huh. like the big step forward year that everyone's saying now. Most right? times, like that's yes. That's when you take it, take them to the finals. So is this his year to do that? Is he on pace for that? 
Yes. Yes. Jalen Noel wins six man of the year. No. No. I don't know how long you can keep him on the bench consistently. I've honestly been somewhat impressed with Nas Reed. Yeah. Honestly, like, I think that might be our problem. Split Townsend Gobert. Be like, hey, man, you are a star and our starting center, but we're not going to start you. Like, in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, Cat needs to learn the biggest thing right now for the Minnesota Timberwolves is Carl Anthony Towns needs to learn how to play with another body of his own and of the opposing team in the paint. He has never had to do that in his entire career. Get out of the paint is how you do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? But he's such an advantage to drive on smaller defenders, but he's out of control. But how do you drive? You drive from space. Right. So you have to go to space first to receive the ball or to receive the ball on a cut. I agree. There's going to be, it's just an adjustment period. And Gobert should be picking on the perimeter as well. Like that's the thing is, I don't know if it's enough space outside of the key by our bigs offensively. And then when we miss a shot, they run on us and we have two of our five guys are over 250 pounds and can't move and get back and play the defense that they were brought in to play. You know what I would love to see? And I thought about this the other day. You know what I would love to see the Minnesota Timberwolves try with the setup that they have right now? Can we run the triangle offense? It's, yeah. The high-low that the Lakers ran under Phil Jackson for years was built on a rim-defending center, a stretch four, and a dominant ball scorer like Kobe Bryant. Gobert, Cat, Ant. You need a distributor like Derek Fisher? You have D'Lo. You need a wing shooter? You've got that. Can we try that as an offensive system? We have all the pieces you'd need. Honestly, I would have to refer to a buddy of mine because I don't know the X's and O's on it. I'll uh, I'll, Ask Blake. I will, and I'll get back to you. So with that, uh, let us know what you guys think about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, They are technically the Timberwolves right now. They're sitting at four and four. So they were going to start the season like eight. No, God, I feel like an idiot. So we'll see if they can turn it around. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, With that, the NFL trade deadline was this past week. Uh, Some players have new homes. Fucking busy. It was. I think there were 11 trades on the deadline. That's I think there were five last year. Mm -hmm. And last year was the most on the deadline day itself. Um, Real quick, before we actually get into the trades and give Gabe just a hot second to get the graphic up. Because I think there is one. Uh, I got it. Is this a new trend? Yes. I think with the way that the NFL wants to be a little bit more headline-centric, like the MLB at the trade deadline or the NBA consistently, and they want to pop on social media a little bit better. Like if there's one place that the NFL doesn't do as well as other sports, it's in short media for social, right? The trade deadline will help supplement that. All right. Uh, so first trade to talk about, let's go Roquan Smith to Baltimore for a second and a fifth. Was there a better trade made other outside of TJ Hawkinson? No. Roquan Smith leads the league in tackles and was leading the league in tackles in one of the worst teams in the NFL in Chicago in a system that didn't fit him. Now he's going to go play side by side with Patrick Queen in Baltimore's defense, which this is a total win for Baltimore because what is the one thing that they have struggled with all year is closing down games defensively. He is going to help that a ton. This was a perfect move for Baltimore. It, it's a drastic upgrade. Yes. Um, it, it harkens back of the Baltimore defenses yep. of old. Yes. Uh, and I'm so glad we didn't get Ryan Bowles. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then secondly, let's go. Bradley Chubb goes to Miami for a first, a fourth, and Chase Edmonds. So the Miami Dolphins managed to turn the three picks that they got for the Trey Lance situation into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Bradley Chubb. They're pretty fucking good. Um, I almost want to go back to, like, 2018 (laughs) with them drafting Laramie Tunsil, smoking a bong on draft night. And then look at the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> that vast difference. Like vast they difference. traded Tunsil away. Yeah. Got picks back. Use those like it's use those picks to get more picks. Exactly. Those picks then, generated more picks. And now and now the Dolphins are a legit playoff contender, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And are reloading. Yeah. 
Now, my worry about the Dolphins is it felt like they needed something. I am not 100% sure that this is it. I think this is because if you think of their secondary when healthy. Yeah. It, it's Byron top, Jones and Xavier Howard. Top eight and probably yeah, league, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. Good now you safeties. have a pass rush. Okay. To go along with it. like, And your offense is going to score a lot of points against most teams when healthy. Yeah. Chubb has an injury history. Win healthy, right? <laughs> right? That, that's going to so, be the asterisk to this trade for Miami is can you stay healthy? Can you maintain all of those weapons? Because you have weapons in-house. Are they all firing at the same time? That's the question. Right. And I think that if you're going to describe Miami in any situation, it always seems to be, well, Miami, when healthy, is because it's always Tua or Jones or it's Wilkinson or Tyreek's in a boot or Waddle's banged up or the or running Howard backs are hurt or, you know what I mean? So it's tough to be a legitimate playoff contender when that is who your team is. The Vikings were that for a few years. Any comment on Chase Edmonds going to Denver? Uh, uh, no, but I do have a comment on Denver. This is Denver saying we're done with this year. Sure. sure. You get rid of your top pass rusher. But from they a get defense, a first round pick back. True. But you gave up a pass rusher, your top pass rusher, in after a win that you desperately needed on a defense that is the only reason that your team is even afloat. Exactly. So maybe it's a sign and a nod to Russell Wilson that this is his team and the offense needs to pick up some slack. Could be. Uh, and then the very last one that we're going to touch base on, and if we did miss any that you wanted to talk about, Make sure to comment in. Bears uh, fans, I don't want to hear shit about Chase Claypool. It does not change anything for Justin Fields. Okay. Uh, Nick is mad at Bears fans. Calvin Ridley goes to the Jags. I actually really do like this yes, one me as too. well. Mm -hmm. uh, giving Trevor Lawrence another weapon. I do like Doug Peterson there in yep. Jacksonville. This is a team to watch out for as the NFL season progresses. So... Calvin Ridley won't play the remainder of the season, but, right. and it's ironic because guess who he was betting on the Falcons to beat Jax. when Jacksonville, um, when he got his suspension. But um, this is a, a good move because I think regardless, Atlanta with the drafting of Drake London had decided they were going to move off of Calvin Ridley yeah. during the, when he got his suspension and what the Jaguars have done is said, I don't want other people in the bidding war. Why don't you just give them to us? Smart move, right? They've let they leveraged what they could. And now Calvin Ridley is going to have an entire season to get familiar with the area, his teammates, the coaches, the management, and all of those things, the playbook. And by the time week one rolls around next year, it will be like he's been in the system for two years, which is exactly what you want for Trevor Lawrence, who in year three, you expect to take the large step, right? So I like this move a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing him take that step this year at, at times. Um, I think they just need weapons around him. And that's why I think watching them progress throughout the season with Doug Peterson and then offense. Yeah. Staying close in ball games, adding a weapon like Calvin Ridley next year, mm -hmm. adding another draft pick probably around Trevor Lawrence and not on the defense side of the ball. Um, it's exciting in Jacksonville, even though they're sitting at two and six. Dude! all right uh so let us know if we did miss any uh trades that happened on trade deadline day that you wanted to talk about don't do it bears fans uh and we'll switch over to gabe has some news for us. oh yeah well it's actually not me it's our uh, glass half sports junior sports oh, correspondent i see the, I just, see the uh, little guy there yeah mm -hmm. and uh, his microphone is not working but he's uh, been communicating with me through back channel said that um nba star this is a very unique nba star joshua primo are you familiar with that? Yeah, I did hear about this. Yes. You'd think, why are you bringing this up during NFL? Well, so he was just lost his contract because of exposing himself um, to hotel staff here in our great city. Yep. And um, what what our correspondent is hearing is that the Cleveland Browns have just signed him to play with Deshaun Watson. It, on or off the field? Just off the field. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, just like emotional support. Wow. They wanted someone to look worse than him. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't hold it in. Wow. I couldn't, I couldn't, wow. I couldn't. All right. Just we're definitely on late night. <laughs> night <laughs> All right. Oh. With that, thank you, Gabe. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you. 
Glass Half Sports Junior. Junior correspondent. You got to give him a name. name him sometime. Yeah. No, he just gets the title. No, <laughs> fair enough. Just gets the title. Uh, we're going to switch to NFL Urgent Care Unit. Uh, I'm going to throw you some names of NFL teams who've been struggling to stay in the playoff push to get the doctor's diagnosis. Yeah. It's weird that I had to say doctor's diagnosis. Um, <laughs> let's go. I actually wanted to talk about this team because okay. Deshaun Watson. Coming mm-hmm. back is on the horizon. Yes. Browns sitting at three and five. How many games back? They are two games back. Ravens okay. are atop the division at five and three. Um, I think this is something. They're going to be on the mend for a while, regardless if they bring Deshaun Watson back against the Houston Texans in Houston. Um, This season is should, weeks away, yeah. Should only be looked at as, hey, can we knock all the rust off of him going into next year? Right? Like, you missed two years of football. We saw it in the preseason. He didn't look great. He is allowed back in the team facility now. um, So he is getting some reps up and things like that. But I don't think he or the Browns are in a place to secure any type of playoff spot in a heavily competitive and top-heavy AFC. Um, So just knock the rust off. Try to do what you can to get him and – uh, Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper, who has looked phenomenal, um, even under Jacoby Brissett, all on the same page and ready to go for next year. Um, I think they're going to need a little, you know, they're going to need some overnight stays in the hospital, so to speak. So I want to touch on this team coming off a loss. They are just one game back in their division. Okay. Um, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals for a second. Another AFC North team sitting at four and four behind the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Coming off a loss, like I said, two and three on the road. What do you see coming down the pike for the defending Super Bowl champions? Uh, this is the equivalent to just like splitting your toe open on the coffee table in the middle of the night. They're going to be fine. But losing to the Browns in prime time is not a good look. Um, I still think they're, they've helped the interior of that offensive line quite a bit. That was uh, very evidently now was not the problem. It was the tackle positions for Cincinnati. Joe Burrow has been sacked 99 times since entering the NFL. That's a lot of sacks. His next one will be his hundredth sack in three seasons. That's a lot. It's a lot. So they got to get that fixed quickly. Um, Obviously weren't able to do anything at the trade deadline. I think it's hard to trade for a high quality tackle regardless. Um, But yeah, they're going to be like the Timberwolves. They'll be around come playoff time. And that's when it's going to matter for them. All right, a few teams I want to touch on the, in the NFC, uh, Los Angeles Rams. This is a, uh, I mean, they had their right hand amputated. We've talked about this all season, right? Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips leave, and the Rams suck. Two games back in the NFC West, sitting at three and four. Well, I guess a game and a half back, sitting at three and four. You know, I mean, did they have their Cinderella run? Absolutely. But then, finally, somebody who had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay proved that it was that he had a hand in some of the success that was being had. Um, When I said it early in the season, everybody was like, whoa, hang on here. Without him, the offense has looked different, has it not? It does not get executed the same way. Yeah, Stafford doesn't – he still doesn't look the same. No. I'm curious if it is the elbow at times, Okay, honestly. Um, And I think the loss of OBJ hurts a lot. Yes. does the KOC departure and the West Phillips departure hurt? Yes. Yeah. Do I think it's to the equivalent that you think it is? No, still. Because I do think losing a weapon of OBJ's caliber is a huge... He was about to be the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Um. And then I do think Stafford has lost some velocity, and that's always what he's been is like, supreme arm strength and accuracy. Yes. And when you can't fit it into those tight windows and your receivers right. aren't creating the same separation they were last year... It's but, tough, right? So uh, let me re let me reassess here. So then, what I would say is, the Rams had holes before, yes. and what essentially happened is you took the medication away from an already sick patient. Now they're only going to backslide. But I also think you gave them more diseases. <laughs> fair <laughs> like, fair yeah. enough. This so, is a stellar metaphor. But yeah. by the way, we have going. <laughs> it is urgent care. It is. It is urgent care. care. It, it is. is urgent care. No, it is. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Step into the urgent care room. A terminal. Oh, they're dead. They're, de- <laughs> they're dead in the water. They're dead Folks, on arrival. The Packers had a 
a quarterback list the length of the Cleveland Browns prior to um, Brett Favre. Favre showing up, and they're about this fucking close to being that team again. Because I think Aaron's going to keep them in enough games to not be able to access one of the top draft picks if they wanted to replace him at quarterback. And even if Aaron decides to stay, his prickly disposition towards everyone that he touches is going to lead them not to want to sign there. Green Bay is an outdoor cold stadium. They're not going to want to sign there. It's a small market without an owner and accountability. They're not going to want to sign there. Green Bay is in trouble, trouble. Hey, Nick, two teams in the entire NFC have scored less points offensively than the Green Bay Packers. Who are they? Los Angeles Rams Mm -hmm. have scored the least amount of points in the NFC and the Washington Commanders. Jesus. Yeah. um, What do you think happens to him next year? Like, you know, even let's just say they missed the playoffs, whatever. Like what, you know, will another team want him or has he made himself radioactive? I think he's made himself radioactive because if you look at his comments this year and he's not doing himself any favors by showing up every Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show and throwing teammates under the bus. We need to simplify the offense. We've got mistakes on every play. We need that, you know, better coaching and preparation. And it's never his fault. It's always somebody else's. And if this is the rhetoric that he's going to spew to the most popular internet sports show out there right now, everybody's listening. ESPN tunes into Pat to listen to Aaron that stuff gets back to owners and GMs. He's going to be untouchable. Well, uh, last team in urgent care today, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm. sitting at three and five, only a game back in the NFC South tied with the New Orleans. Saints. So they walked into urgent care. I'm going to take, I'm going to take one look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I'm going to go, okay, the geriatric center is like right over there. Cause it's just, they've aged out. Well, they need care of some kind. Yeah. Um, hospice (laughs) it's they're done the super bowl window's over tom is not as committed as he used to be and that's to no fault of his own he's got his own business he's got stuff going on with giselle i've been through a divorce myself gabe has been through one too there's no possible way to have a hundred (laughs) percent focus on anything with that going on that's a whole different level of stress um they can't run the football they're injured all over the offensive line. Mike Evans all of a sudden has is dropping wide open touchdown passes. They don't have a, a, a threat at tight end, and I'm not confident. Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Julio Jones had like two weeks at the Fountain of Youth, and then Tom said, "All right, you're done." The, the team is just disjointed and dysfunctional and not complete. And it does it does really really remind me of Brett Favre's second year in Minnesota. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 2010. He just hung on for one one year too, too long. Do we have a guy on the Vikings good looking enough that if it comes playoff time could pull Giselle and get her to show up to the game? Mm. It'd be great. I mean, currently, affair. currently Antonio Brown trying real hard. Is he really? Oh yeah. He is dragging Tom Brady all over the internet with pictures of him and Giselle. Wow. What a and what a fucking asshole for doing that. All right. Well, with that, Tom Brady should drag him by putting up pictures of mental institutions all. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, I'd love well, to know. Like whatever, Primo, Primo gets canceled for exposing himself. Yeah. Antonio Brown adds followers for exposing himself at a pool in Vegas. Like, just fucking different worlds. Man. Really? Yes. I, I never even heard that. Oh yeah, it this was, was a, recent. Uh, it was an incident wow. that you'll have to look at. On your own time, yes. you got to move forward. Okay. So, uh, NFL key game preview. We actually have two key games this week. Those. Look at you actually branching out and giving us <laughs> more than one game to talk about. Well, there hasn't been a whole uh, lot outside you didn't of the Vikings. want to talk Vikings. about the game with two winning teams last week. I wasn't here last week. Don't blame me. Was it my show? And it was kind of an upset, in my opinion. We talked about it. We talked about it because <laughs> we were here. Uh, first I need a break talk, uh, every once in a while. First game to talk about. Seattle at Arizona, five and three Seahawks travel to play the three and five Redbirds in the desert. This is this is a Seahawks win. This is a Seahawks win, and this is the end of the Cardinals season. Yeah, and I think it's because the Seahawks are basically going to punch them in the mouth and the Cardinals are going to fold. I have written down right here. You're going to see it on the field and you're going to see it in the press conferences afterwards. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Just just, just beat the fuck up. Now, and I will say this, because I owe Pete Carroll an apology, okay? That's me, buddy. Yeah, but 
you are your yeah, apostrophe e next time okay buddy? okay fair enough um i owe an apology to pete carroll because and i think me and you both agreed he couldn't draft anymore this year uh, you you were really riding that train hard i was just sitting on my lawn chair watching it go by kind of he nailed it this year yeah two tackles phenomenal running back franchise running back corner lockdown corner has Flipped the script on the entire team in one season, and now as it comes out that Russell Wilson may have been the problem. And I was going to say, I hear Gabe chewing his gum in the background huh? back huh? there. Um, but I owe him an apology. He's got it right, and his energetic demeanor seems to resonate well with young rosters. Um, yeah, they're going to come out, they're going to punch him in the mouth, and I expect a 24-20 to 20 victory, and it won't be nearly as close as the score It'll looks. It'll be... Yoda Murray running around in the background trying to throw a Hail Mary to beat him at the end. Exactly. And yeah, it I just the fucking Seahawks, man. God damn. So if they win here, they're six and three. Yeah. Do the Niners keep pace? I, I'm not sure. They get a little healthier every week, but the NFC is a weird place to be this year. And it's nice to be six and one, <laughs> even yeah, if you're not playing great football. Yeah, it is. Uh let's go to our other NFL key game of the week. I don't think this one is as close as people think either. Tennessee at Kansas City. I think this one is interesting because Tennessee has managed to rip off five straight. They have. And Kansas City is prone to a ball game every once in a while where they get out physical. Yeah, I just I think Kansas City always gets up for fellow playoff competition, especially yeah. at home at Arrowhead. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I just like. It's going to be a 7-20 game Sunday night football. This is going to be a Mahomes primetime game. Yes. He'll throw for four touchdowns. It'll be like 41-28. to 28. The story will be how the Derrick Henry offense couldn't keep pace with the Mahomes offense. <laughs> yep. it's, 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 we've seen this story before. I'm sorry. I don't see anything that's changed with the Titans. True. Willis is starting. So, that's what, so here was my question. If Tannehill's healthy, do you start him? I don't think it matters, though. Is is but you have to answer the question because the impact that it has on that man that you see on screen right now, and if you're listening to this show, go watch it because it's awesome to watch. Um, You can find us on YouTube and Facebook. The man that you see on screen, Malik Willis, it's going to matter for him. Rich Eisen said this last year about guys like Zach Wilson and then Trey Lance and some of these other guys. They're going to have to take their lumps eventually, right? And if Tannehill's not 100% and your opportunity to win is just as good with Tannehill than without him, you got to give Willis the opportunity because playing against a guy the level of Patrick Mahomes can only elevate you this this early on. I don't disagree with you, but I think the Titans, I mean, I think they need to be able to steal a win here if they can. Yes. And looking back, Malik threw the ball 10 times. Yes, and did not look great, but the offensive line pass blocking didn't look great. No, but they handed the ball to Derrick Henry 32 times. Yeah. That formula will not work against the Chiefs. You're going to need to air the ball out. Absolutely. I think if Tannehill's healthy, you have to go Ryan Tannehill because with that strategy, I think that gives you the best formula to win against this team. If they were playing somebody other than the Chiefs that could hang 50... Let's say they're playing the Patriots. Yeah. And Tannehill is healthy. I start Malik Willis because yeah. I can hand the ball to Derrick Henry 32 times and win that football game. Sure. Against Kansas City Sunday night football, you cannot do that. You, okay. You're going to have to score more than 24 points. You just are going to have to. Fair. And Tannehill is actually going to be able to throw the ball 25, 30 times and give you a shot. True. It's still going to be Kansas City by two scores. All right. But here's the, the other thing. So, Go ahead, oh, sorry. Can they, throw, uh, can they stop the run, the Chiefs? Are they good? Like there, if there's one gap in their ability, you also have Chris Jones, who can take up two or three gaps. Totally agree with you. But their linebackers are probably the weakest part of that defense right now. And so, if Derrick Henry gets to the second level, this game can become a handful for the Chiefs. Now, my the caveat that I had to your, you have to start Ryan Tannehill in this game. Go ahead and look for me. What are the what are the records of the three other teams in their division right now? Oh, um, well, that, that's kind of my whole point, right? So the Colts are the first team behind them, three, four, and one. Okay. If you can steal another win and go 
to six wins. Even if they win, now you're four, four, and one. Now you have space and a gap to start Willis and lose a couple. Totally agree. But they're starting Sam Ellinger in his second game. Who else? What's the record? Jags, two and six. Two and six. They're done. Who else? Texans, one, five, and one. They're done. You already have your cushion is what I'm saying. So if you already have your cushion and you're so you going to need- win that division at six and 11 and, and make the playoffs. No way. No way. I'm sorry. You're going to need to win still more. You're still going to need to win and eight games. And you have to win. Three that more guy games. is going to give you a better chance in the playoffs than Ryan Tannehill Agreed. ever has. So he's got to take his lumps now. So he's ready for the playoffs. This game is going to be the closest atmosphere. He's going to get to playoff. Football. You will lose 31. No, you will lose 38 to 10. And you got, starts. and you need to be okay with it. I know. I think you have a shot to beat one of the best teams in the NFL if you start Tannehill. I, I really do. I don't. Uh, well, it's a higher shot than if you start Willis. So I'm saying debatable. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, does a dual threat give you a better shot at beating Kansas City? Always look at Jalen Hurts. He's more of a run threat though than he's a pass threat. So I don't know if he for now qualifies as a dual threat. Uh, with that, let's switch to the Gabe and Nicholas show. It's the Garcia versus Davis mega fight. Scheduled for January. Let's go, Gabe. Are you pumped? Super pumped. Only found out about it this morning from you. <laughs> yeah. um, so it kills me that I can't like dive in here on this right now yeah. and start reading more. Mm-hmm. But like like we discussed, I'm going to temper my excitement because we've already gone through this with um, – with, let's see. Sorry. I got to change the – I can't talk and also produce the show is what I'm learning. <laughs> um, it, is that um, – is that we've already gone through this with Bud Crawford yeah. and Errol Spence Jr. And this be- is becoming this new trend where they're trying to pre-announce fights to put pressure on the other promoter to go for it. Exactly. Floyd is absolutely obstinate and is, uh, I mean, he's probably very good at this, obviously, like yeah. letting these fights build. And this, it's what sucks about boxing is they'll let these things build too long. And it's hard for me to believe it's going to happen this soon. But. God damn, I would love that to happen. I would love that to happen. So, rumor on the street via Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions right now is that we're looking at a January a January card where this will be a headline fight. Um, and it's what everybody has wanted in this division. And the only thing left to figure out is, is it going to be DAZN? Is it going to be Showtime? That's literally the only thing that is rumored to be left to figure out. Now, it's never that, though. I know. Put that aside. Let's put that aside, right? Let's talk about the fight. Gabe made a very interesting point before the show, and I want you to get into your your why Ryan Garcia think, because Gervonta Davis is no slouch. I do think he's on if one of them is ascending to his peak and one of them is at his peak and maybe coming off it just a little bit. Gervonta Davis seems to be kind of rounding the top of the hill here, so to speak. But he's no like he's a real threat to Ryan Garcia. Why do you think Ryan takes the fight, Gabe? Mike's off. Sorry, I was Mike. Yep. Um, okay. So first of all, I want to say I'm not saying he's gonna take the fight, but I'm saying that he is as far as the odds go, as far as like how people are kind of handicapping this. Yes. Tank is a clear favorite. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen odds come out obviously, but all the lead up to this, when you even talk to more experts than what I'd be comfortable with, because I like Garcia more. Yes. Although tank is winning me over. Actually, he's actually the Floyd shit was ruining him for a little while. And he was really immature. He separated himself a little bit. Yeah. He's starting to, to actually show some maturity and all that stuff. So, I mean, he's not a bad dude either. So, but the way that Garcia was calling for this early and calling for it when he really had no business calling for it. 11 and 0, 12 and 0, mm-hmm. 13 and 0. That, that just tells me that he sees something um, and he believes his length and his speed is just going to overwhelm him. And I just tend to believe people who think that way. Yes. Right? It's, it's ha- when all he asks. Right. When you know, like when you've done the, and these things, I mean, they kind of came up together, right? Like their ascensions have, were not all that far apart. I have to believe that when they were doing golden glove and some of the other competitions, right. That they were in each other's atmosphere, right. They were in each other's realm. That's a good question though, because I, I feel like tank is like, I don't know, six years older, but maybe he's not. I don't think he, I got to look it up right now. So yeah, keep going. But but yeah, that's very good. 
It's just, it's one of those things where when you see a guy like that, we've all had that. Like, you're like, I'm, I'm fucking better than that guy right there. You come up with him and you're like, it's not close. He might be good, but if there's somebody who's going to beat him, it's going to be me. And here's why, you know, and oftentimes that plays out the way that they, that the individual who's calling for it says it does. It's very hard to shut that down because that's a lifetime of confidence. And this is going to be Ryan Garcia's opportunity to start his Legacy. He beats Davis. The next fights are all for belts at his division. And then I think he starts to do the Canelo thing where he starts to climb. He'll go from, uh, what is it, like 135 to 145. He'll take a, he'll take fights there for belts. And he'll start to, like, really build. And he's still so young. So young. Like, this is going to be a real opportunity for him. This is fascinating. So I got an article pulled up that I won't be able to put on screen, unfortunately. But it's from, um, let's see, Boxing News 24, which I'll look at. They're usually pretty on top of it. Okay. Um, It's saying, so, you know, as you said, the broadcasting, the network thing is the sticking point. Yep. That's their only thing left. But this guy has some interesting analysis here. He says, um, the, let's see. It's unrealistic to assume that DAZN will let Showtime have its way by allowing Ryan to face WNBA regular lightweight champion Tank Davis on their network without them showing it. If Ryan had a decent chance of beating Tank, it's possible that DAZN might allow him to fight on Showtime without the match being shown shown on their platform. But with Ryan having almost no shot of winning that fight, it doesn't make sense for DAZN to allow him to fight Tank Davis on Showtime. Mm -hmm. So, because they don't want to show him getting wiped out. Yep. Interesting. I'm, I'm actually, this is what I keep seeing is this analysis that is so slanted towards Tank that like right. as if Ryan doesn't have a chance. And I, I, I don't see that. Me I neither. Mean, I get that he's got that, you know, that hammer and that he. It's that left hook, right? That's what everybody's like. All right, well, that'll be, that's what Luke Campbell caught him, what caught Ryan with. And yeah. that'll be what and the last him. fight. The last fight was um, a good one for Tank that. Yeah, he um, that uh, Raleigh or yes. whatever when he's fighting him because he showed patience and he waited for a counter shot for like six rounds. Yep. that's what would worry me against Ryan. But I don't so, know if you can wait. You can you wait him out like that? Can you wait so you know, Ryan Garcia out? They're only three years apart. Yeah. Okay. So only oh, three years apart. Twenty-seven yeah. and twenty-four. Yeah. So they had to have come up relatively in. They each were other's in circles. each other's atmosphere for sure at times, right? Yeah. Eighteen, twenty-one, nineteen, twenty-two. You yeah. know who the other yes on the rise by hundred percent. So and the other thing that I think people continue to to discount, and we talked about this during his last fight, Ryan's physical oh. stature, yeah, has changed a ton in the last year and a half, two years. He's gone from he like boy phenomenal. wonder There's a to like between a man. 21 year old and a 25 year old. And a and, huge difference. And you can see it in just his build. Like he used to come in and kind of just be like the lanky, fast, slick kid fighter. And in the last fight you saw everything else. Like physical, tough, sturdy, like just his speed was insane. It was unmatched. Insane. I have not seen anything like that in a very long time. Man, it's oh, I gotta look up. So this this was what kills me that I haven't had time to look at this first, but to go because I'd like to see how if Tank has fought anyone of Ryan's profile. Because I, I bet uh, you Floyd's gonna back it off and get him that fight. Get him a lanky guy with speed, and they'll just build it again. Because this is tough. a I, I hate it's a crappy part of it. But it's the domino, man. If they sign this, by the way, so there's the four princes of that division, right? It's uh, Teofimo Lopez, Ryan Garcia, Gervonta Davis, and... Um, Lomachenko? Lomachenko and Haney. Yep. Those yep. are the five, right? The five, like... Teofimo, I believe, it has to vacate upward up. now. Yep. Yes. But, um, regardless, there's four yeah. guys in this division, and they all just kind of seem to be passing each other in the night it's going to take two of them to square off before the rest of them are going to have to do a round robin to see who crowns the division and that'll be an exciting time in boxing oh it 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 is good man like that that division is looking awesome i'm sorry mike yes. no you're good yeah. uh i was just gonna say let us know what you guys think about a possible tank davis versus ryan garcia fight i would love it uh with that let's talk about our last segment of the day mlb world series tied 2-2 right now phillies and astros uh Game five tonight. Game five tonight. Thoughts? Um, first of all, Bryce Harper is the boy king that never got the credit that he deserved in Philly. Here or in, in Washington. Okay. 
He Mike Trout's better, but that's fine. Stop. <laughs> stop. We're not doing this again. I'm wearing I, red in honor of Philly today, I by the way. I proved it. Statistically. Your argument goes out the window when he wins I a World Series. numbers to prove it. Mathematically. Okay. Mike is a fan of guys like Stat Patford and Russell Westbrook then. <laughs> you both are just hidden. It's good. Um, can I say an interesting like yeah. talk around this? Sure. Or that was interesting to me. Oh, and I want you to tell your story. Yes. The, the Bohm one for sure. Because yep. um, I didn't see that. I think that was astute. The... Did you guys see the stat that this is the first World Series since 1951 or whatever that has no African-American players? Yes. Really? Yes. What does that wow. mean to you guys? Is to that me, significant to you? Yes. Go ahead. It, uh, to me, it's such an anomaly that mm. will never probably be repeated. Yeah. I think it would be something more of a talking point if it were to happen again like next year. I think the only the only spot for concern, and then we'll get off this because I know this is kind of a touchy subject. Is oh, I, I don't think it's that much. I, well, like, I just I mean, don't want to trend yeah. too far. Unless you're into about this, to say right? something monstrous. No, but yeah, yeah. No, I think I the game itself, in the way that it's policed from the flair standpoint, has steered capable athletes away from the game of baseball and into other avenues of athletics well i mean if you just look at some of the talent in the nfl too that had opportunities to yeah. play in the nfl yep or the mlb or in the mlb mm-hmm. i apologize uh russell wilson kyler murray you know uh, pat mahomes pat mahomes it's it's minority figures yeah as as a majority yep. of that base right for sure um so real quick uh game five tonight justin verlander is on the bump for the houston astros because of that reason i'm actually going to take philly in game five yeah because uh, verlander statistic right is so awful verlander has series. now appeared in five different world series uh he's really? made eight total starts gabe in the world series the results have not been good he doesn't have a win uh, he's he got is, an era over four just wow Taking all Mike's glory, all of it. He's 0-6 and has a 6.07 ERA. It's the worst mark in the history of the World Series. He's the exact opposite of Clayton Kershaw. So what you're saying is... Phillies win game five and Phillies win game six, Phillies in six. That is incorrect. Let's go! Here's the thing that you guys are missing. And I'm sorry, this is something I have an advantage of. I'm an older man. Uh. You're discounting... That Verlander is now an old man, and old men are special. He lost We're game stronger. one. No, okay, yes, that's handedly. True, but might I add, he's yeah, now such he... a fuck up. He's such a fuck up in the in the world series that now it's like he'll he'll be out of his head. He'll be loose. I seriously think he's going to win this one. At a, at not in a tie series where Philly has been mashing. Let's let's put this into perspective. In every game where they have not, I guess, no hit the Phillies. The Phillies have been an absolute weapon at the plate. And this and it's because they're team hitting. This will lead me into my story. So were you watching the game the other night? Um, where Bryce Harper hit that absolute nuke in the first? No. Okay. So Harper in the bot, you know, with one out. Phillies and, are averaging about four runs a game, by the way. Yes. That's really good for World Series it's, pitching. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of it's by the long ball, which can't stop or defend. So Harper hits this nuke in the first inning uh, with one out and he gets, he rounds the bases, you know, he's being arrogant. He's like, this is my house gets back into the dugout. Everybody's dapping him up. And then they have this young star. Um, is it Alec Bohm? Yep. Gabe. Um, that yes. is standing in the on deck circle with uh, two outs now. And Harper's like calling him over, like in like aggressively, like get over here. He comes over and he whispers something into his ear and, the guy at the plate gets out, but first pitch of the next inning, boom, goes yard. Bryce Harper is is pretty much hit coaching the rest of the Phillies. And it began that kind of made it a storyline. Like it was something they talked about on MLB tonight. It was something that they they did a mid-game interview with both guys in separate innings to talk about. Like he's starting to not only be an asset individually for Philadelphia, but I think Bryce Harper has realized that he can be an asset to his teammates in game with his talent and his experience 
at the plate. I think it's his maturity level. Yes. Um, I, and I will say that teams teams that mm-hmm. respond to peer coaching mm-hmm. and coach each other are really, really tough to deal with. Very. Uh, composure and morale is typically extremely high due to, due to that type of atmosphere, due yep. to that type of culture where you know that you're all in it together and you're truly a team moving forward. And in, in the ultimate individual game of baseball, stuff like that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we every, they won't tell us what it is, but everybody believes that Bryce Harper pretty much told him, hey, I did a lot of film study on this guy. And he's if you're a right-handed hitter at the top of the inning, the first pitch is going to be a sinker down and into righties. That is the exact same pitch that both of these guys deposited into the right field seats. Um, there you go. I think I think it's just that's an awesome moment in general. You Absolutely, know, like, I, mean, I, I love that part of baseball, and I wish that they put more of a spotlight on that kind of stuff when it happens. Well, I mean, and everybody. And the reason why I think it doesn't get talked about is because it doesn't fit Bryce's narrative, right? He's the brash asshole that nobody gets along with. But I was telling Gabe before the show, okay, let's go back to his Washington days. How many stars came up under Bryce Harper's like MVP pace in Washington? A couple. Trey Turner. You look at Juan Soto's, or the, like the early parts of Juan Soto. Now you get to Philly. Alex Bohm, Kyle Schwarber has a fantastic year with Bryce in-house. Like, I think that he does cultivate hitting talent just by the way that he operates. I really do. So do you think straight up if you switched him and Trout next year <laughs> that the Angels would make the playoffs? Do they? I mean, I believe it would probably be good for Shohei. You'd see Shohei hit 45. Interesting take. Interesting take. I have the Phillies in six. Nicholas has the Phillies in six. I have the Phillies Gabe, in six. Gabe, what's your pick? Phillies in seven. Oh, Even all right. Clean all, sweep yeah, on the show for fair. Philly. Philly. Right. You guys got to let us know what you Astros. think yeah. at home. Yes. Let us know if you hear any trash cans being hit during the game tonight as well. Uh, yeah. Nick, go ahead and take us out. Well, as always, everybody, glad to have you once again on a beautiful Thursday for another episode of Glass Half Sports. If you are a sports fan with sports fan friends, remember that you can find us on what platforms, Mike? Yeah, as always, guys, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon. You'll find Gabe on Twitch. You'll find Gabe on Twitch. (laughs) Yeah, waiting for Mike. Yep. Uh, Again, one comment. About us playing Twitch, and we'll get on Twitch for you. Absolutely. Um, and then make sure you tune in next week. We'll be able to recap the Minnesota Vikings uh, as they have taken the on. victory in the Kirk yep. revenge game. Yep, there we go. Um, against the Washington Commanders. I'm sure we will have some – we'll be recapping the finale of the World Series next week. We'll be a little bit deeper into the NBA season as well. Um, we might do a, a, a hype a hype train segment for some of the teams that have seemed to have fallen off uh, pretty early um, for the NBA. And we'll get into all the rest of the sports headlines for you as well. Remember to always hit that like button and subscribe as well so you guys can get notified every time that we post new content. As always, stay safe, take care, have fun. Support greatness. Right here and there. MBC. No relation to NBC.